my heart, I've always been in my heart both a pastor and a missionary. And I feel like right now is a time just to be faithful with those missions. And uh, I feel like this is a mission. So please pray for everybody that's making these things happen. Um, as I've thought about what we're doing, what I've realized is I, I can't change who this is. And quite frankly, I'll try to keep from being emotional, but quite frankly, I, I'm feeling energized and my passion for you, and I can feel the Spirit of the Lord uh, trying to make connection with us. This is one of the most opportune times we've ever had, and, and I can sense that this is a time when many people are going to come to Christ. Many people are going to get healed. You hear me. Many people are going to get healed, and I, I believe that nearly 40 years of my life has come for this moment and, and the words that I may have to share for us, and so that passion is ever there. Um, so if you got your Bible, as I thought about what I was going to say this Sunday, the Lord said, I gave you one thing to say. And uh, so about 10 days ago, the Lord gave me two instructives, and uh, I'm going to do both of those today, and I've been trying to live those for the last few days. If you got a Bible, go to Psalm 42, verse 5. By the way, we will do communion. Run and get your crackers, okay? Go, go do whatever you need to do. If you got whatever juice you've got, we're going to bless it in a few moments and we're going to celebrate communion together. Psalm 42 verse 5, why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. These are disturbing times. There's no way around it. These are very disturbing times. And, and our soul can get downcast, can, can begin to feel heavy. Uh, but I love what David does as he's talking to himself. He, and he begins to talk to himself. So don't be disturbed about the things that are going on around you. You see, David's whole family had been taken captive at Ziglag. And, and he, he was disturbed and he was downcast. And then he remembered, I will put my hope in God and I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Biblical hope is not like the hope of the world. Biblical hope in its essence and in its description is a confident expectation and a desire for something good in the future. We, we just sang about it. God has always been good to us. If you have a biblical hope, you have a desire and an expectation for a good future, for an outcome that is great and glorious and manifesting of the promises that God has made to us. You see, a biblical hope desires something good for the future. It really expects that goodness to come to pass. In fact, it's sure of it. It's certain of it. I remember growing up as a little boy and a minister at that time would always jump up and say something good is about to happen to you. And I believe that tonight. I believe something good is about to take place in my life, in your life, in our city, in our region, and for the world for that matter. Something good is on the horizon. And many times in the midst of what we hear and we see, we get disturbed and we forget that hope is the anchor of our soul, that hope Listen, hope in God is not cross your fingers. It's not cross your fingers. Hope in God is I wish. It's not a wish before you blow out the candles. It's not crossing your fingers. No, hope is to expect great things to happen. David would write over and over again, my expectation is of him. My expectation is not in the things of this world. My expectation comes from the promises that God has made to me. I live in that expectation. I know that expectation. 
And so today, when I say we have hope, it is a hope that comes from a promise that he has made to all of us that he would never leave us nor forsake us and that our hope will not be cut off, the writer in the proverb says. Happy is the man whose God is the God of Jacob. Happy is that man, happy, blessed, cheerful, whose hope is in the Lord his God. So when we talk about having hope, we're not talking about a wish, we're not talking about crossing our fingers, we're not talking about, well, maybe, we're talking about a solid promise, a word that comes from God that is promised that he has intentionally promised to do us good. The prophet Jeremiah in the 29th chapter in the 11th verse says, I know what I'm doing. Listen, God knows what he's doing. Even though all the plans of the enemy are taking place, he said, I have plans to take care of you and not to abandon you. Plans to give you the whole future that you hope for. Hear me. God doesn't do all this stuff. God's not the author of evil. God doesn't plan evil. God doesn't, no, he comes to give us life and to give it to us more abundantly. But God is working behind the scenes and I promise you our future is good. It is bright. It is glorious. And God is still God. Hope, that expectation, that certainty, that knowing, that assurance that the God has promised he'll perform it. I'm not, I'm not standing here today because of a wish or a hope in this world. Listen, there's one thing that hasn't changed. Can I tell you? One thing that hasn't changed. God. He hasn't changed. He's good. And he's generous. And he's powerful. He's omnipresent. He, even though we're not in the same room, we're with each other. We're together today. His presence is with you wherever you're at. Whether you're watching this live or whether you're watching it on demand, God is the same. There's something, everybody's going, everything's changing. No, not everything. God hasn't changed. His word hasn't changed. His presence hasn't changed. He is faithful and steadfast. And he's chasing us to reveal his goodness and his mercy in our lives. He loves us. He hasn't changed his mind. He hasn't stopped loving us. The Bible says he is love. He is light. He is life. That has not changed. Why so downcast? Why so disturbed? Your hope is in a God that never changes. Your hope is in a God who makes a promise. And the Bible says he is not a man that he should lie. What he has promised, he will perform. Today, our hope comes from who he is. Over and over again. In the Psalms, and then again in the New, the Bible says, many are the afflictions. Yes, you'll have troubles, Jesus said, but be of good cheer. Come on, we, we can be of good cheer. We can understand that though there are many afflictions, God delivers us out of them all. In fact, if you read the story in the life of Jesus Christ, it says many of those with afflictions and diseases came to him, but he healed every one of them. Can I tell you something? I'm kidding. Pastor, you're just giving far too much hope. I'm getting these letters. You're just giving far too much hope. You're giving false hope. No, I'm not. Listen, why would God send a disease and then promise to heal you from it? God is not double-minded. If he told us not to be double-minded, he's not double-minded. He's not the author of plagues. He's not the author of diseases. That, that would be silly. Even I know that's schizophrenic. God didn't plan on us being sick. He came to heal us, to do us good and not harm, to give us a future that is glorious and bright, and we can surrender to the reality that God is for us and not against us. Listen, there's two epidemics going on. Nick told me that today, as he was sharing with the pastors in this room, we, we brought several pastors into this room, and we, got, we brought the guy that's giving out those releases about what's going on. We brought him right here. 
And he said, you know, there's two epidemics going on. One of the virus and one of panic and of fear. We've got to stop the panic. We've got to stop the fear. So the Lord spoke to me. And the first thing he said to me was spread hope. Spread hope, not fear. Spread hope. Spread hope in the goodness and the glory of God because hope is hope. If you don't have hope, you're going to be hopeless. Hope is hope. My hope is in God. Hope is healing. Hope is the beginning of health in our body. Hope is contagious. Can I tell you something? You get around people that have hope in God, it'll get on you. And we need to be contagious about our hope. Please be contagious on your Facebook and your Twitter feeds and and all those stuff. We got to be infected with his hope and we got to infect other people with that hope. Paul writes in Romans 5 and he says, our hope will not be disappointed. Our hope will never disappoint us because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts. You see, the Holy Spirit, Christ in us, has reminded and told us and tells us every day that God loves us, that he's for us, that that it's not based on our performance. Once you know you're the beloved of God, perfect love casts out all fear. And so hope is never disappointing when it's based on the fact that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And if he did not withhold his son, how much more would he not withhold anything from us? Hear me. We can believe in hope. The Bible says that we are saved by hope. Romans 8 verse 24 says we are saved. The hope is our salvation. (laughs) That hope, I'm just coughing, I'm talking too fast. (laughs) We need to understand that that hope is what saves us. It's that hope and what is yet unseen. It's that hope that that you can't see it in the physical, but, but, but you can see it in the realm of faith. You can see it in the invisible. The virus is invisible, but can I tell you something? So is my God, and he's working to kill this thing. He's working to stop this thing, and so we don't look in the visible realm. But we understand that the secret ingredient of our faith, of the Christian's faith, the secret ingredient of this faith over and opposed to Buddhist or some other thing, the secret ingredient to the faith of a believer is our hope is in God. That faith is the substance of things hoped for. You see, whatever you hope for, whomever you hope in, that's the foundation, the blueprint of your very faith. And if our hope has not been in the word of God, our faith gets shaky. But when our hope is in his promise, in his word, then we have solid faith. Listen, the friend of God, the one God called his friend, the one that everybody that wrote anything in the scriptures said Abraham was God's friend. And it's recorded to us that he hoped when there was no hope that who against hope believed in hope that he hoped contrary to hope that he was an old 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 man it was impossible for him to father a child but he had hope in God and a child was born listen when you have hope in God then everything is possible anything is possible and that is the hope that saves us this day today because God hasn't changed and if he makes these promises to us we can see them come to pass Jesus writes in Mark 11, verse 22, have faith in God. Have faith in the God that gives us hope. Have faith in the God that that, that isn't moved by these things. And he says, then whatsoever things you pray, believe you receive them. Listen, we got to speak hope. We got to spread hope. We got to talk hope. Uh, When people say the worst is, is yet to come. No, it doesn't have to be. Doesn't have to be. 
We can speak better things. We can speak life. The Bible says life and death is on the power of the tongue. So what if instead of everybody speaking, the worst is yet to come. What if we spoke that God's about to arrive on the scene and suddenly do a miracle and wipe that all out? What, what if we begin to believe that? What if we begin to speak that? What, what if the Bible's true? What if God is working for us a better future? What if God is working for us a better community, a better country, a better church? What if? What if the Bible really means what it says and that that hope, what we speak about the promises of God, what if that is the blueprint of everything? Paul writes to the city of Ephesus and he said, there was a time you were without Christ. You were without Christ, the word Christos, the anointed one. There was a time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth and strangers to the covenants and having no hope without God. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. You see, outside of the manifestation of Christ on the world, we were all without hope. But once Christ became flesh, he became one of us so that we could experience and participate in who he is tonight. My hope is in Jesus Christ, the Christ that became flesh, the Christ that died, the Christ that rose again, the Christ that is seated at the right hand of the Father, and the Christ that now is in you. Listen, God is in you. The anointing is in you. The power to break yokes. Uh, Isaiah chapter 10 verse 27 says, and the anointing destroys the yoke. The Christ, the Christ in you. There's where the hope is. It's not just Christ up there or out there, but it's Christ in us. If we ever realize who is in us and that we are one with him and so one with him that the power of God rests on the inside of us. That's where the hope is. The hope isn't in what somebody else is doing. It's about what God is doing on the inside of us. And that anointing breaks every yoke. It moves mountains. It breaks barriers and burdens. It breaks them off. I believed it for all of my life. I still believe it today. The Bible does not lie. Christ has not lied. He has moved on the inside of you. And Christ in you is the very hope of the glorious manifestation of his presence within us. And that hope is an anchor. When the storms come, we have an anchor. And that hope, don't lose hope or you get lost in the storm. We anchor ourselves into that hope. The Hebrew writer said, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. Our confession of that hope. Don't waver in it. Don't stop in it. In fact, just stand up and say, my hope is in the Lord. Why am I so disturbed? Why am I so downcast? He who promised me is faithful. And then if you keep reading there, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together. Listen, we're together. Don't forsake the togetherness. Maybe we're not in this room, but we're together online. We're together right now. We're together. We're together. We don't have to meet in buildings. We can meet online. We can meet in, in, in car. Listen, make a date with somebody. Go to, go to the Kmart parking lot, okay? You park over there, you park over there, and flash your lights at one another and talk on the phone. You, you, you can go to Google Hangouts. You can do these watchthings.coms. You, you can merge stuff together and talk to four or five people. You can have a Bible study. You're at your house and they're at their house, and you can turn this on. Listen, if I can figure it out, you can figure it out. Don't for stop forsaking one another, the, the meeting of together. In fact, the message says, let's keep a firm grip on the promises that are holding us together. Abraham was fully convinced that God had promised him he was going to be the father, and so he held on to it. Everything that's in that book that you're holding, everything that you're reading, every one of those things that are written were written to give us hope. 
So read it through a different way. Listen, don't read it through the perspective of people that's been trying to bring judgment on the church forever. Don't read it through the eyes of people that have filled this pulpit and tried to get you to convince you that God's mad at you and he's going to harm you. Listen, he's, he's not looking for lily bunny foo-foo-fa, bam, that's not God. God's trying to do us good. Read the Bible through the eyes of the Christ. Read the, eye, the Bible through the eyes of the God that's come to save us and deliver us and Hallelujah. Peter, the guy that says, thou art the Christ. Remember? Remember, Peter? They're, they're, they're in, in Matthew chapter 16, and Jesus turns around, and he looks at his disciples, and says, okay, who do you say that I am? And they say, well, some say. And the Lord says, no, 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 no. It's not about what some say. It's about what you say. What, what do you say? And Peter, the apostle Peter, goes, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus says, well, your head didn't tell you that. Gray matter didn't tell you that, but the Spirit of God revealed to you who I am. Listen, may the Spirit of God reveal to you who Jesus is, and that he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed by the devil. And so when Peter writes his little letter, and he writes to them, he says this, rest your hope fully on the grace of God. My hope is in God's grace and that grace, the Bible tells me, is sufficient. The Bible says grace is all I need. And that when I am weak, he is strong. It would appear to me that all of humanity is weak in the face of this thing. But listen, that, that right there, that little, when I am weak, when I am tossed by the storms, when the wind blows, when I am windblown, when, when I'm windblown, the power of the Holy Spirit is greater than at any other moment in our lives. When we feel the weakest, when we feel the oldest, when we feel the most helpless, when we feel hopeless, God's grace is sufficient and will deliver us. God's grace isn't just simply to forgive us so we can go to heaven. God's grace is to give us hope so that when we're weak, He is strong. Hear me, hear me, hear me. We have a biblical hope not a hope of this world. Don't cross your fingers. Don't make a wish. Put your hope in the word of God, in the character of God, in the very nature of God. See, biblical hope goes against the grain of this world. Biblical hope defies the realities of despair that we see on the nightly news. Biblical hope stands alone, probably, against the rationalities of humanity. Hope, hope in God, his grace, his mercy, and his promises is what will keep us going forward. We hope for a better future. We hope for more understanding. We hope for more insight. We hope for more compassion. We hope with more enthusiasm. We hope for more wisdom. So when David was in this throes of despairing things, when, when he was robbed and it was all, the Bible says he encouraged himself. He encouraged himself. Listen, number one, I've been sent to encourage you and to help you encourage yourself. Don't be downcast. Don't be disturbed. Put your hope in God. Praise Him right there in your living room. I hope you get up and dance around the living room. I hope you run around. Hallelujah. I love the, the series Lord of the Rings. I love Tolkien. I love the whole thing. In fact, while I'm at home the next two or three weeks obeying the, the bands that they've told us and trying to be good about it, I intend to watch the entire series again. I've watched it a hundred times. But there, there's a line in there where Bilbo Baggins, the, 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 he, he, you know, the guy that lived the really safe life, 
and he, he's about to become one of the greatest warriors in that movie. And, but, but, he, but he stutters, and he kind of goes, he goes, uh, uh, I, I should like to make it plain and clear. I, I should like to know about the risk, about the out-of-pocket expenses, the time required, and the remuneration, so on and so forth. Which, let me, let me interpret that. What he really meant was, what am I going to get out of this? Listen, the people doing this filming, the people that are broadcasting this, what am I going to get out of this? Uh-uh, I'm afraid I'm not going to make it out alive. That, that line in that movie, what am I, how, what? Listen, when Mr. Baldetti stood here the other day, one of the pastors asked him how he was doing and was, how was he dealing with the stress. He said, I, I know this is going to sound strange, but he said, I believe I'm serving my community. He said, I believe I'm serving humanity. He, he, he didn't say it quite this way. He didn't say it was a calling, but he was saying, this, this, is, this is what I am here for. This is what I'm doing. I, I was moved with his compassion for you. I was moved for his compassion about his community and about his fellow man. And, and as we prayed for him, I saw him bow his head, and, I, and there was an acknowledgement that he knows the Lord. And it was wonderful. And, and so we have to understand this is not a time to ask how this is going to turn out for us. That's not what this is about. What's it cost? What the out of pocket? No, 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 no. I have a very dear friend. Her name's Julie McKay, Dr. Julie McKay, and her husband, Mark, both of them medical doctors. They retired a couple of years ago. When I go to Ponte Vedra, Florida, I stay in their home. It's a beautiful home. God's blessed them, and I stay in their home. And when I was there last May, Dr. Julie had signed up to work on uh, with Compassion International and with the Samaritan Purse, those doctors without borders. So she's been overseas two or three times. And so I think it was on Monday morning, I, I got news that she's in Italy right now. And she's working with the COVID uh, folks right there. And I, I begin to WhatsApp her and begin to text her. And she got me right back and we exchanged them. And, and I'm going to quote to you as I spoke to her. I would rather die trying to help another human being than to live knowing I could have helped and didn't. You've got to hear that. We cannot back up from helping one another. This is not the time to bunker down and just hoard toilet paper or go buy all the milk so that somebody else doesn't get it. Listen to me, that's not right. You get what you need. You take care of yourself. But you make sure that you're not sitting on stuff that somebody else might need right now to live. You call somebody. You call the old man across the street, the widow. You ask him if there's something he needs. You engage more now than ever. We have hope in God, but God is in you. And God's hope is not going to be manifested through some invisible thing. No, God's hope is going to be manifested through human beings helping other human beings. Through human beings befriending somebody that they never even liked before because they were of the wrong race or went to the wrong church or they believed in the wrong political party. Hear me, I'm preaching hope, but that hope has to be manifested because human beings care about each other. And when we care about each other, Dr. Julie said, I, I, I would rather die trying to help another human being than live knowing I could have and I didn't. Man, that convicted me. Yes, I'm going to be online. Yes, I'm going to preach the gospel. Yes, I'm going to try to do everything I can. But you do your part too. 
It's not enough just to be spiritual, I'm hoping in God. It has to take on feet and hands. Use the phones. Use everything you can. Listen to me. This is a marathon. Everybody keeps saying to me, well, I'll be glad when it's over. This is a marathon. It's not a hundred-yard dash. So it may take a moment. We can do this. We are people that are steadfast and strong. I'm encouraging to have hope in God and let that hope be made manifest in the way you live your life and not just in lip service. And understand this is for a long haul. Run the race. And when you get tired, hand the baton to somebody else and let them do it. We're trying to do everything they're telling us to do and be prudent, and yet our hope is in God. So keep the distance. Work from home if you can. Do what they say. Listen, not all of you are as essential as you think you are. Obey God. Obey what we're being instructed to do, and we'll win this. We'll overcome this. And that hope will save us. Because God will make all things work together for the good of those that love God and are called according to His purpose. Our purpose is to love God and to love one another. I'm here to love you. I'm here to love everybody around me. And when I know my purpose and I love the Lord, then that hope will save me. But we got to do this together. Are you listening to me? I didn't just get on here just to jack you up. I got on here so that you knew what to do when nobody else seems to know what to do. We must recover real hope. Hope that is anchored in the promises of God. Hope that is anchored in His grace. Hope that is invested in you and in me in the way we treat each other. One of the best things we can do is not gather together in this room. That's an act of love. And yet, just because we don't gather together in this room doesn't mean we're not together. We can be together. And together, united, this hope will bring healing. This hope will be contagious. Social distancing does not mean spiritually distant. Can I go just a little further? We're learning all kinds of new words. Shelter in place. Isn't that an interesting concept? Shelter in place. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow or the shelter of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in Him will I trust. Shelter in place. How about this? Maybe we should have been sheltering in the presence of God our entire lives. Maybe we need to understand that it's under His shadow, under His wing, under His authority, under His protection. So while we're sheltering in place, maybe we ought to cry out for God to forgive us for not having paid enough attention to Him during the times when we could have been together. I'm telling you, yes, shelter in place, shelter in His presence. We should forever be sheltered under the wing of the Most High. I found a verse, I've read it over and over again, and uh, I, I had never seen it quite the way. You ever done that? Maybe when you just... But the prophet Joel, in the third chapter, verse 16, uh, verse 15, when the sun and the moon grow dark, and when the stars will diminish their brightness, it's dis- disquieting, disturbing, dark times, right? Verse 16, the Lord will roar out of Zion, and he will utter his voice in Jerusalem. The heavens and the earth will shake, but the Lord will be a shelter for his people. And then I read this translation. The heavens and the earth will shake, but the Lord will be a hope of his people. Hope is our shelter. If you get out from under hope, you will not be sheltered. You will not be protected. You have to, when you run into the tower in the presence of God, it is a presence of hope. That's why I've been told to preach hope to us, but it's not a hope that doesn't have responsibilities that we have for one another. 
So I told you two things that I was told to do. Number one, spread hope. Number two, if my people are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, I will turn and turn from their ways. I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. My eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayers made in this place. Number two, pray. We ought to pray together. We ought, we ought to begin to cry out with one another. We need to understand that the social distancing guidelines that we are living under today is the results of our spiritual division. Let me say it again. The social distancing that we are having to live with today is the results of the spiritual division that has taken place in this land, in the church, and in the world. We need to humble ourselves and repent and pray. We need to ask God to forgive us for being divided because of our denominational opinions. We need to ask God to forgive us for being divided from one another because we have different political ideas. We need to ask God to forgive us for being divided because of our national or our color or our race and creed. We need to humble ourselves and understand that we need to pray together. We need to repent together. We need to turn back towards God and back towards one another and understand that we are even called to love our enemies. This is a time to lay down the rhetoric. This is a time to lay down the division and understand that God has called us to be a house of prayer, not a house divided. This is not a time to withdraw. This is a time to repent. This is a time to turn back to the Lord and to do it in prayer. To pray the Our Father. That's what He prays. Not to pray what you think, but to pray His will. To pray His kingdom and His power to manifest. It is there in prayer. It is there as we begin to tear down these walls that have divided us and understand that we are supposed to be builders of bridges and not of walls that have divided us. This is that moment. This is that time. We are to call to spread hope and we are called to be united again with each other and with the Lord and that together in the power of that agreement this thing will cease and miracles will take place in our lives from the heartland of America from the center of America if I've ever known anything in my life it's that we stand on the hope of God and we join together in prayer and we pull down these divisions we reconcile with one another and we see the glory of God manifested by healing in our land listen it's never been easier to invite somebody to listen. It's never been easier to push that button and share this message. You don't have to tell them what I said. I've said it on public. It's on the airways. Send it to them. Send it to everybody. Let them understand. Now's the time to put our hope fully on the grace of God. Now's the time to return in prayer and unity and in love with one another. Now's the time to tear down the things that have divided us and become one people, one church, one hope, one Lord, one God, and to be the one that John 17 says that we have called to be. May they be one, that the world might know that I am. This is that moment. This is that time. Hear me, hope is contagious. Hope is our health. We need to hope in His grace. Stay focused. Are you listening to me? Stay focused on Jesus. Stay focused on the Lord. Stay faithful. Stay faithful to worship. Stay faithful to pray. Stay faithful to your friends. 
and stay fearless. Perfect love casts out fear. Don't allow any of that disturbing thing. Don't allow any of that into your life. Gird up the loins of your mind. Stay focused. Stay faithful. And stay fearless. Put your hope in God. No, 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 no. Stay on track. Stay on track. Don't, let me say it another way. Stay on track. Stay in tune. Stay together. We do this. Listen. Many, many, many people are going to come to the Lord. You're going to see friendships and families come back together. You're going to see the glory of God. We're, we're going to have a better future than we've ever known in our lives. Put your hope in the Lord. Let's pray. Let's call the presence of the Lord into every area of our lives. In Jesus' name. Now, Father, I pray for everyone who's listened. I pray that your presence would permeate through these airways, through this medium. I pray that, God, this wouldn't have just been a message, just, just to have a message. I pray that, Lord, the prophetic unction of it would come through and that it would change our lives and bring us into the place that you want us to be. In Jesus' name.